You're listening to Courtside Convo, your source for the latest news, analysis, and discussions on the NBA. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to another episode of Courtside Convo. We are here on the campus of Michigan State University in the Impact Studios. I am your host, Carter Landis. I am joined by Manit Patel and graciously joining us on such short notice, Aiden, thank you. Uh, We send our well wishes to uh, Liam Jackson and his girlfriend. They had to run to the ER real quick, so we're hoping everything turns out okay on that end. Uh, We're thinking about you, Liam. All right, so last night the All-Star starters were announced for the 2022 All-Star game in Cleveland, in the East, Trey Young, DeMar DeRozan, Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Joel Embiid are the starting five. And then in the West, John Morant, Steph Curry, Andrew Wiggins, LeBron James, and Nikola Jokic are the starters out West. Uh, guys, what are we thinking about this? I think everything comes up pretty normal except for maybe one thing that's not like the other. What yeah. are you thinking? Uh, Andrew Wiggins was very <laughs> surprising. I mean, good to see him get it, I guess. Like congratulations but they're definitely more deserving players i'd say and showing the impact of the fan vote um but still pretty cool to see him get the bid i guess it is yeah um i would say as long as i can remember this is one of the more interesting starting lineups for both sides um it's nice to see um a diverse group in terms of guys who um haven't been stars before and guys um experienced guys um there's a lot of youth on these two teams you kind of see a blend of um the the future and the past of the nba with these two groups and i i like these starting lineups um i'm with you many i'm happy for andrew wiggins but uh yeah i, I mean it's I, it's hard to be a fan of it yeah. Questionable decision at best. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that Wiggins is playing on a team that is currently second in the Western Conference. So mm-hmm. a team like the Warriors being so prominently featured in primetime games on such a big, big market, uh, you know, you're going to get a lot more attention in that way. He is indeed, though, shooting career highs from the field and from three. But, you know, there are guys like Devin Booker, Brandon Ingram, even like C.J. McCollum, even in that kind of uh wheelhouse uh those are some guys who definitely could have got it but i think that having a lot more exposure for uh for andrew wiggins kind of gave him the benefit of the doubt here another one um i think zach levine was definitely deserving of a starting job and i mean that uh uh the players in the east uh also voted for that so Mm -hmm. that's a little bit of something and then i think the eastern conference or not just the eastern conference but the all-star all the reserves are going to be announced uh, pretty soon, and then next week we'll bring you our all-star draft where we pick our own teams, and that should be a lot of fun because we had some fun with that last year. And then, so before we get into a couple games or some things that happened this uh, past couple days, well, here's another one. Uh, this was probably one of the all-time collapses, I think, that I've seen in an NBA game. Uh, the Wizards were up on the Clippers on Tuesday by 35 points. The Wizards, the, the Clippers went on a huge run, and they were up by seven. The Wizards were up by seven with like 25 seconds left. I think it was Montrezl Harrell at the free throw line. He hits the first one, and he misses the second. Uh, the Clippers come down, knock down, a sh- they get a layup, I believe, and then they foul quick. He misses one free throw. He, I think he hits both free throws. It's Kuzma. And then you get a three from Luke Kennard, a five-second violation, and then in, and then the game-winning uh, four-point play with 1.9 left to go by Luke Kennard. He finished the game with 25 points, eight rebounds, and six assists. And Amir Coffey led the Clippers in scoring with 29 points and five rebounds. On the Wizards' side, Bradley Beal had 23, nine, and six. So, obviously, this was a... This was a Wizards loss more so than I think a Clippers win because if you're up 35 at any point in the game, you got to secure that win. So, but on the Clippers side, this is a team that's pretty resilient and they fought pretty hard even without their top two contributors, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. I mean, you know, is this a team that could like 
make a run if they get one of those guys back? Or is this just kind of one of those kind of outlier performances that a team just kind of comes out of nowhere and, and makes some miraculous comeback? Yeah, depending on where they end up standing by the end of the season, uh, there's definitely going to be a game you look back on and um, say that this this might have changed a lot of things, uh, especially in terms of momentum to come right back, beat the Magic. Um, and they got, a, they got a big test with the Heat tonight. Um, I think we might uh, dive into that a little later. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it does speak... I would say it speaks more so to uh, the Wizards on uh, choking, if you will. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I big-time win for the Clips, and they really are um, holding their own. I think a lot of people count them out, um, knowing Kawhi would be out this year. And uh, they just they keep pr- proving people wrong here around that uh, play-in game area. They got a, a pretty uh, solid lock not lock since it's it's still uh midway through the season but they're still in that seventh six seed range so um you know wins like this that that will uh keep you in the mix for sure um yeah i thought it was a big win for them it's pretty impressive to blow a lead that big um and just completely fall apart like that but also i think it speaks more to the clippers that they were able to do it without pg and Kawhi. it's pretty cool to see um and yeah like Aiden said they're right there where they need to be you know when PG and Kawhi come back Paul George should be back I think within the next month yeah I think the timetable is kind of weird with him because they said three to four weeks and that was about four or five weeks ago yeah so he should be starting rehab soon hopefully and getting ready for that there's rumors Kawhi might make it back for the end of the regular season i'd um, be surprised which i would also be surprised by given his history with load management and all that but um if he does make it back for the regular season that's even better for them they can try and boost that seating but hanging around like the seven eight is where they need to be if they want to make a run in the playoffs yeah, they're currently sitting at 25 and 25. They're the seventh seed in the Western Conference. Uh, if the playoffs started today, they would be playing in that 7-10 game with Portland. I think that one of the things that you can attest to this Clippers team without uh, Paul George and Kawhi being as as scrappy and resilient as they are, I think that's just the coaching of Tyron Lue. I mm-hmm. mean, you, if did you guys see the locker room video after the after they won that game? Yeah, I didn't. They all they all. Uh, they all dumped their water all on Tyron Lue, and they were jumping all over him and having a good time. Because I, I think it's very clear that these guys want to play for him, mm-hmm. and that I think that a lot of uh, the reason that they were able to come back, yeah, it was a little bit of a Wizards incompetency, but it was it was a resiliency from that from that Clippers team, and I think that that is something that Tyron Lue has instilled in them. You know, they haven't quit this whole season. Like Amir Coffey and Terrence Mann and Luke Kennard and those guys stepping up when they need to is is big time. I think a lot of that can be can be accredited to the coaching. Yeah, absolutely. The development we've seen out of the Clippers since Tyron Lue took over is pretty impressive. Um through last year seeing Terrence Mann in the playoffs and now seeing Coffee and Kennard step up. Um yeah, I think they could make a real run. Especially if they get those guys back. Yeah. Especially if they get Paul George and Kawhi back. And then on the Wizards side, I feel like many like before the season started, we were talking about how well they've been playing. Yeah, we thought that they would be able to like craft things together to make a run just because they had Brad Beal and like interesting pieces of them around him that looked like they fit together. And they looked apart for the most part. It just falls apart at times, which is it's happening too much. And that's becoming yeah. an issue. They started off the year as they were, I don't know, one of the top three teams. It was, you know, around October, November. They were like one of the top two or three teams in the Eastern Conference. They were playing really, really good defense. You know, they had Spencer Dinwiddie was running the point. Everything was running really smoothly. Uh, they had some dominant paint performances with with uh, Daniel Gafford, Montrez Harrell. Uh, and now it just seems like none of that's kind of happening. And Kuzma was playing well. Uh, yeah, to start out a lot. Kuzma I don't was playing well. I think a lot of people uh, didn't really. It was kind of a. He's been a meme, yeah. uh, the past few seasons. But uh, I think a change of scenery helped him out a bit. Uh, but yeah, I. It is a little disappointing to see because I did think they were 
um, going to try to prove something, especially with uh, with uh, Westbrook. Yeah, I thought that they were. Yeah, I thought they'd be a better team without Westbrook. Um, you know, the sum of what they got back was obviously not like as valuable as what they could have gotten for Westbrook, but they could have made it work, and they can still make it work. It's just been a struggle. Yeah, I think the pieces are there. Yeah. And it's tough for a guy like Wes Unseld Jr. in his first season. You're still kind of figuring out how to coach at that level. Exactly. And you kind of start off really good in the Eastern Conference, and then you just kind of like the, the, the pressure and the expectations of, of having a high playoff seed, they kind of get to you. They went from being one of those teams to now they're sitting 23 and 25, and they're in the 10 seed. So, you know, they got the – and they got the Knicks and Atlanta are, are right behind them. Uh, so – it's it's going to be tough. Um, and then, kind of unrelated, I think the Wizards were one of those teams when we were looking at the early standings and we said, who's going to not be there at the end of the season? I think we said the Wizards. But another team we said is Cleveland. And Cleveland is still up there. They are just a game and a half back of the one seed. Uh, they're sitting at 30-19. and 19. They have been playing really, really good ball. I think that J.B. Bickerstaff has established a heck of a culture there. Darius Garland could see his name called uh, as an all-star. Evan Mobley has been playing tremendous basketball. There has just been a real, there's a real camaraderie in Cleveland as well. It's ridiculous to see. I like haven't like it's impressive. I didn't I'll expect say. this. Not ridiculous. It's impressive. It's expectations are defied for sure um, by what's going on in Cleveland, but it's working to their credit. One hundred percent. Can't really complain about that, but it's. It's very interesting that a team of that composition is doing so well. I didn't Especially without Ricky yeah. Rubio, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they lost him, too. And Colin Sexton. Yeah, Rubio was playing real good to start the year out, too. He was. that he would. He's great for, for, uh, for Garland's development. And Sexton, too. But then Sexton was lost for the year with an injury. Yeah. So, the, you know, it's just it's kind of kind of puzzling what happened to the Wizards. You don't really know how it kind of fell apart and this is one of those wins that kind of damage or the one of those like big time losses that can kind of damage your season. Yeah, absolutely. So, also this week we had some pretty masterful performance two uh two of them specifically in the same game. It was uh the Pistons and Nuggets they played on Tuesday and Cade Cunningham had 34 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists, 4 blocks, hit 6 threes of the 9 attempts he took from three-point range. And then on the other side, Jokic was was just as dominant. He was twenty eight points, twenty one rebounds, and nine assists. I mean, you know, these are this is the reigning MVP, one of the most established stars in the league, going up against the number one pick. The we'll we'll get into it, but presumably, possibly rookie of the year. I mean, that's just kind of the current state and the future of the NBA, right there. I mean, you know, the things that Cade did, I think those numbers, those specific numbers have only been put up by him and, and like, Michael Jordan right. in their rookie season. So I think the future is so incredibly bright for Cade and the Pistons that it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, on the Nuggets side, this is – I know they were playing the Pistons and they were playing them close, but, I mean, like, is this a team that could end up uh, coming out of the Western Conference? I mean, they're currently sitting in the sixth seed, but, you know, anything is possible, especially in that conference. It is possible. Um, I I personally say it's pretty unlikely um, that they win the West. I think uh, I think at best maybe four. Um, I just think I could see down the stretch. Um, I don't really see the Suns really uh, losing that grip of the one seed. Maybe uh, really I think the only threat is Golden State and and kudos to Memphis for hanging in there um, and just. Exceeding uh, expectations this season, but you know I I do think the ceiling is is kind of that four uh, seed for Denver, but um, you know we'll see. It, it, again, it it is still very early, and um, a lot could happen. So. Yeah, I think um, a lot of how Denver does in the postseason is going to hinge on Jamal Murray and his return, mm-hmm. um, and whether or not he can mesh back in and play because he's been out for a while now i think and there's supposed to be there's supposed to be traction by now of him at least getting in practices and stuff and there hasn't been any so i think 
him coming back and him getting back to form is going to be crucial. If not, I think their ceiling is seriously limited. Um, because you need good point guard play to succeed in the playoffs. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, or good production from the point guard position. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that was something that kind of hurt them last year's is having Monte Morris and Facundo Campazzo. They weren't exactly, you know, the 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 scoring and the facilitating that that Jamal Murray is. And I mean, Campazzo is is a good enough you know facilitator and he defends pretty well. But you know, Murray, he doesn't have the uh, the shooting and the scoring ability like Murray, where you saw what he's capable of putting up like 40, 45 points if he gets really hot. You know. Yeah. So. I, I agree with you on that point that they do need something out of the point guard. They just need to put enough around Jokic because we know that he's going to do, you know, what he does. What he does, yeah. Uh, they ran into that Suns team that was really good last year, and that's that's kind of where they came up short. And it definitely also maybe doesn't exactly bode well for them that they'll be going into the playoffs without Michael Porter Jr. And I'm not sure they have a super deep team either off that bench. I don't I don't know if I really love what they have. I know they have, like, Will Barton. I coming does he come off the bench i mean they have like aaron gordon i just you know i they're good and they're always going to be like one of those teams that's always like in that conversation but like what what do you think it would take to put them over the top like last year they thought that move would be aaron gordon but it, it wasn't i think i mean it's still so hard to tell without murray because mm-hmm. not being able to have that healthy team really sucks yeah for denver um, if it's not Porter, it's Murray. If it's not Murray, it could be Jokic or Gordon. You know, you never know. But um, Porter has been always hurt, so you haven't really been able to see this team at its full strength. And I think when they do that, they'll be able to evaluate. They just need like a twenty game sample size. That front office is so analytical that they just need like twenty games to figure out if they want that fit. Mm-hmm. With the four of them, if not, they can move on from one of them and try and elevate that team to where they're contending at a higher level. I yeah, it, it kind of makes me wonder. Like, I really like I like Murray with Jokic. I'm just wondering who else you could put around him like that because I just don't yeah. know if you're I don't know if you're competing in that top in that top uh, half of the conference. Those those elite, you know, teams. I don't I don't think that they're doing that with like Will Barton contributing in a in a high fashion or or even Michael Porter Jr. even when he's healthy because there are times where he doesn't hit hit threes or he doesn't play defense. So I mean I it's gonna be tough for them, I think. I don't know if they can win the West. I just don't know. They're gonna be in that tier of like West teams that's good but not like elite to me. Yeah. And then on the Pistons side, Cade Cunningham was just doing everything. When you watch that game, they, he is already very quickly adjusted to the NBA game. And I mean, he can do everything. He can defend one through four. He can score from anywhere on the floor, puts the ball on the floor and takes it to the basket. He can shoot it. He can facilitate all those things. He can do everything at a very high level. And it really, I don't think it'll be very long until he's probably a top five to 10 player in the NBA. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm like, like jumping the gun or anything, but like, I feel like right now what we're seeing is, is uh, the, seeds being planted of a superstar yeah there's definitely signs there for sure um and i think it's it's great to see um you know there there's been so many questions surrounding cage uh especially since uh when he started the season a little late um with that mm-hmm. injury um you know I, I think a lot of people were just kind of waiting to see if uh he was a bust and he's certainly proven that he is not he is um He's on his way to perhaps winning Rookie of the Year. Um, if it were named today, I think he should get it. But uh, you know, I mean, those are those are big time numbers for a rookie, and that's. I think there's going to be plenty more games like that from him this year. Yeah, I, I makes me so excited to see that. Um, he really turned it around after starting off slow, and it was a really slow start too. It wasn't like anything close he like mm-hmm. could not get anything going and when he finally did he looks like he's hitting a roll now and it's really encouraging to see um this run he's been on recently has been really impressive um and he's just setting himself up well 
in terms of like helping the front office decide right now that hey we want to be able to surround him with the players we want and not anyone else he made that decision way easier than they could have expected and um now they're ready to move and they're keen to move on from jeremy grant it seems like yep so we'll see um but the sooner he established himself the better and he's done that pretty quickly yeah, this is definitely, I mean, this is definitely Cade's team going forward. They're definitely building around him, um, you know, and I think that one of those pieces is Sadiq Bey as well. I mean, I, I think Sadiq Bey has shown that he can be a really, really good 3 and D role player, you know, at the very least. Uh, I think there's he can do a couple different things on the court really well outside of being just a 3 and D player. So, I mean, I think he's one of those guys that's in that young core. I'm still kind of iffy on Killian. I, I would like to believe that you know, there's there's a future there, but I feel like it's it's gotten a little bit hazy just as he hasn't really kind of taken that leap that maybe people expected him to. Um, I still think he's a really good defensive player. I think he has at least that going for him, and I think if you can defend, you have a spot in the NBA. Uh, it's just the the shooting concerns and, and, and the offensive fit with Cade if he doesn't have the ball in his hands. I think that's something that has to at least be considered. You know, having a having a guy who is most successful with the ball in his hands, he's not going to have that with Cade Cunningham being on the team. But if he can learn to kind of play off of Cade, I think that you have more of a of a dangerous backcourt right there going forward in the Eastern Conference. And we know how the Eastern Conference is. I feel like we could see the Pistons in the play-in game as soon as next year. I think we kind of said, like, oh, it's possible this year, but I think that's kind of a little bit out of the question now. But I think it's possible next year. Yeah, we we did have that conversation at the beginning of the season where we were like, an ideal season is you're fighting for a play-in spot, maybe we're finishing around that 11, like, 12 spot. Um, But this is a little bit too low, so I think it's time to, like, settle and just really focus on what you want to do going forward. And like you said, I think they really need to figure out what Killian Hayes' role is in this team going forward. Um. I think he can be the starting quality guard. I think you're not going to find... There's too many... There's way too much forward depth in this upcoming draft to pass on taking a forward. Um, Jabari Smith, Banchero, Holmgren, I think it could be a stretch four. He'll probably play as a five, but he can <laughs> shoot from outside, which is nice. Um, So there's, again, too much forward depth to pass up for... A guard, especially when you already have Cade, you don't want to come in and throw off that chemistry. Um, he has just running the point by himself, so stick with the forward. But figure out what Killian Hayes is, and find some way to give him a jump shot. Like yeah. just force it on him, make him shoot all day and all night if you have. I don't really care. Like just make it happen, because he would be a perfect complement. He doesn't need to be like a twenty point. 18 point even mm-hmm. game like yeah. point per game guy he's like if he averages 12 he's gonna get you six assists and play solid defense and that's all you really need when you have Kate Cunningham in the backcourt with him absolutely he could be he needs to be a solid role player yeah for sure um I also think obviously um a big part of uh Pistons future will uh, depend on what they do before the trade deadline. I know we're going to get into it pretty soon here, but uh, especially with um, what they decided to do with Jeremy Grant. Um, but uh, th- there's a lot of moves they can make to be successful, and they just got to make them. Yeah, and uh, and Aiden Manit and I were talking before we, we got here today. We were talking about um, we saw there was a redraft, and it had Mobley going number one to the Pistons. And we both disagreed with that. I I I'm wondering, I want to get your thoughts on like if you think that like Mobley would be taking number 1 in a redraft or if he's it's probably more so just um the success that the Cavs are having, I think mm-hmm. it, it's um it's kind of overshadowing uh the Pistons, especially when um you know, they're they're one of the worst teams in the East right now, but uh I I definitely I think it's a, a team reputation thing. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I would say I disagree for sure. Yeah, I think to that point, someone like Cade who is like a point forward is like a guy you can run your offense through 
he can create for himself and others is going to be so much more valuable than, you know, a center that, while he's still incredibly talented, you know, doesn't create for himself and, and, and does rely on facilitation from from that point guard position. Like, yeah, he'll, he can put the ball on the floor now and then, but it's not something he's going to do consistently enough. And I think that's where the value comes with, with Cade. And I think that's where the difference is between him and Mobley. So yeah, I, yeah. Manny and I both kind of disagreed with that, with that point. Um, I think if I picked right now today, I would probably pick Cade Cunningham. I just think that there's, there's no signs of him slowing down with this production. Um, so I would, I would definitely, if, if I had a vote, I would go to Cade Cunningham right now for rookie of the year. I think it might not end up being close by the time the voting rolls around. Um, so moving on, we had a couple games last night on TNT. The Lakers traveled to Philadelphia to play the 76ers. Uh, did not go very well for them. They were without LeBron James with an ankle injury. Uh, they lost to the Sixers 105-87. Joel Embiid had a really good performance as usual. 26 points, 9 rebounds, and 7 assists. Anthony Davis, in his second game back from an MCL sprain, uh, had 31 points and 12 rebounds. Um, so with the Sixers team, they're still without Ben Simmons. He's still, you know, rumored to be on the move. Uh, there was just a report today that the Kings decided that they are not going to uh, continue their pursuit of him. So as far as we know, Ben Simmons' time in Philadelphia, whether he's playing or not, it's done. So... My question is, how far can this team go without him? I know we we talk so much about him and the Sixers on this podcast, oh but he's in the, the news. Simmons fan club, it really here. is, and and you guys remember how 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 highly I was thinking of him last year, and that just all has completely come crashing down. Um, but if Embiid is is carrying the load, how far are they? How far can they go in the East? Yeah. Um. Well, they've they've certainly held their own so far. Um. Where are they fifth right now in the East? Um, I think. Uh, yep. Tied with the and, Nets. And Bede has in past years he's kind of uh, been on the borderline MVP conversation, and um, you know I, I think if he keeps that up, he he's dominating right now, and I love to see it. Um, you know, especially this game, it was, it was nice to see the kind of a big man battle between him and Davis, but. Um, you know, if he keeps us up, they've got the assets. Um, you know, the, the, there's something about this team that works well together. Um, and I don't know. I, I I don't I don't see them really slipping uh, this season. I see them hanging around that uh, fourth, fifth uh, seed tier. Yeah, I think um, their ceiling's still limited without having Simmons or a second star there. Um, Embiid can only do so much, and it's, I mean, even Giannis has help, so I think that, like, point was proven, but, um, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I think he's, again, a deserving second of MVP, I think Jokic is still, I, it's super close again, it's gonna be a ridiculous race to see who gets it, um, again, but it's super cool to see, uh, I think Philly's ceiling is limited, though, until they can trade for someone who can elevate the team along with Embiid, but they need to find that fit, and I don't think it's, they keep looking for forward help, and I don't think it's there, they need a guard, and it's, like, painfully obvious, and until one becomes available, they're gonna be stuck, they have to, like, be aggressive at the deadline, I don't think Maury can stick with this complacency he's no. got to be like itching to make a trade yeah, no, I especially agree. with the, the expectations that have been held against this team for uh, years for now. years I, I heard them forgot what game i was watching it was probably this game sixers uh lakers but uh somebody said it, it's funny to think this process has essentially taken eight years <laughs> it, yeah, it pretty much has it's been what close to six or seven at this point since since uh Sam Hinkie's been gone. Yeah. Something like that. Um I I agree that they do need to find a guard. And I know that Ben Simmons was pretty much a forward playing guard, but the but he is one of the best facilitators in the NBA. Like at like Ben Simmons at his best is very good. Like he's an all star level player. Yeah. As we've seen. But we just it disappeared in the playoffs and that was our last our last time seeing that. So 
that's that's you know he hasn't had the the time that he has in the regular season where he starts to play really well again where he's like averaging triple doubles or he's he's putting those numbers up and defending at a really high level so the last thing that we remember seeing him was him in the playoffs just not doing anything not being an impactful player so uh that that harms i think his his trade value yeah so leaves a bad taste in everybody's mouths and more and maury is still stubborn he's still trying to get the upper echelon of, of players. He's trying to get a King's Ransom in return for Simmons, but it's just not going to happen. And he's not backing off, and Simmons isn't backing off of wanting to leave. So it's just a huge mess right now. And, and you know, Embiid and Doc Rivers and those guys just have to kind of deal with that. And they still have pretty well, I think. I mean, they're still playing really well. They're 29 and 19. And they've gotten good performances from the guys around Embiid and Tobias Harris. You know, Maxi has been playing really well. Matisse Thybul has been defending at a really high level. So there are pieces on this team. And they were a couple, you know, blown leads away from getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, so you just find, you know, another guy who can put it in the basket. I mean, that was kind of the issue is in the playoffs, it was just Embiid and Seth Curry. And then and then Simmons wasn't doing anything. Danny Green was hurt. Tobias Harris wasn't playing at his best level. So... They have to. They just find all you need is I don't know one more guy who can put the ball in the basket outside of Embiid, because they have every other piece there. They just have to slot in like one more guy I think, and this is a team that could get right back to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, exactly. And then on the side of the Lakers, they did they were playing without LeBron, but you know we we haven't really been very high on the Lakers here on this podcast this whole entire time, and I don't really think there's any reason to be still even with. You know, if you can get LeBron and Anthony Davis healthy, I really just don't think this team does anything. But if they were to get their season back on track, what what could they do? What would that look like? I think uh, again, I had to take a second because we don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I think a lot. Uh, again, a lot will have to do with what they do before the trade deadline. Um, you know, it, we we know uh, LeBron's history with trade deadlines and uh you can uh before you know it, you can see the whole team disappear turn into something completely different but uh yeah i don't know <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if this is if, if this is the same situation uh, or not because frankly i mean going into the season he got what he wanted um he got everything Westbrook. he yeah. wanted um so i don't know um but uh one thing I will say, though, is kudos to Anthony Davis on this performance because, I mean, just his second game back from that MCL strain, and, um, you know, the he's taken so much heat this season. Um, I would say Westbrook has deservingly so, mm. not so much Davis, I think. Um, I do think um, in ter- if you compare him to, you know, the Anthony Davis of the 2020 championship, yeah, he – you know he's certainly kind of uh, downgraded a bit, but you know this. I think he made a statement with this game, especially after he only had like eight points in his first game back. And um, but uh, in in terms of what they got to do, um, I, I do think big trades need to happen. I don't know who will be. I, I I think they're holding on to Westbrook, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I think it's interesting. It'll be an interesting trade deadline for the Lakers. I, I don't know what they're gonna do. Um, is LeBron in year last 18. year, last year of his contract or no? Oh, um, yeah, that's a good number. I want to say is one more. I think it is one more. It's a good question. Um, my question is. When they traded for Westbrook, what did they envision that would look like with him and LeBron? We have together? this conversation. We I have think. this conversation like every time we talk about the Lakers mm-hmm. because I still have never come to any type of any any idea that makes any sort of logical sense. Yeah, because it doesn't. Just straight up, it like makes no sense what they thought they were just doing a star power name, and that's all it really was. I think the um. The spot they were looking to fill in the off season was, uh, was a high caliber point guard spot, and that was what they felt was their best option. 
um, in terms of uh, trade value. But yeah, I mean, it and it certainly hasn't really shaped shaped out to be what uh, what you think it'd be. But so LeBron is a free agent in twenty twenty three, so he has he has uh, this year and next year left on his contract, and then he'll be thirty eight. So. I think that at that point it'll be, you know, what decisions does he make? Because as we can tell with LeBron, he still hasn't slowed down. If you look at, like, the last, like, two or three weeks that he's been playing, the numbers that he's been putting up are just ridiculous. Like, as if he just came in the league or he's, like, still in his prime. It's It's been absurd to see that a guy in year 18 at the age of 37 is still putting up just insane numbers yeah monster numbers just Mm -hmm. constantly so i mean i think that the longevity uh not to get into a a completely different debate but i think the longevity and the production at this point kind of puts him at number one in the goat debate just for me yeah i mean it it was like come on it's been 30 20 33 30 24 18 31 34 36 39 32 37 43 26 31 32 35 34 25 25 30 29 33 33 so there just has been no slowing down from lebron it's nuts and then to the point of of what can they do in terms of like making trades when your most attractive trade piece is Taylor Horton Tucker, you're not going to get a lot of people to come calling. And I know that they've been calling and saying, hey, do you want Taylor Horton Tucker and like Kendrick Nunn in a first or something? A, a lot of teams, <laughs> a lot why of teams they, are going to say fans, no. No, like why do Lakers fans <laughs> think that that's a reasonable offer in like any stratosphere of sports? Because that's the that's just what Lakers fans are. They act like every player that's on their team is, is God's greatest gift to basketball and and that you should just be absolutely honored and 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 just grateful that the Lakers even decided to call you and offer their players to you. That's kind of how it's always been. But people know what Taylor Horton Tucker is, and it's not much. And we know that Kendrick Nunn is, what, 25? Old? Like a, yeah, he's like a 25, 26-year-old, like, third-year player. It's not – there's just not a whole lot they can do. I know they've called the, even the Kings about, like, Buddy Heald, and they want to give them Taylor Horton Tucker, and it's like, no, they don't want that. <laughs> so, the Lake, it's going to be tough for the Lakers to get back on track or even get into the contention of the Western Conference like they have wanted to be. The game that was after that one was the Warriors playing the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Warriors came out on top, 124 to 115. Steph Curry with a good performance, uh, 29 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. I believe it was about a something like 19 points or something like that from newly newly named All-Star Andrew Wiggins. He had a good, pretty good performance. I mean, he has been playing pretty good ball this year. You know, I, I don't know if it's been All-Star worthy, but he's definitely played some of the best ball of his career on, on both sides of the ball. Carl uh, Anthony Towns for the Timberwolves had 31 points, 12 rebounds, and 6 assists. So, I guess... Not so much the question that I wrote here that are the Warriors back. I would say maybe are they a little bit more back on track when they were kind of playing some shaky ball the last couple of weeks? Have they kind of gotten that back on track? Uh, And is Steph kind of out of the slump that he was in? What are you guys thinking about where they are and what they're looking like moving forward? Yeah, I think uh, if you're a Warriors fan, you can be um, pretty satisfied with where they're at right now. Um, I think – Clay is has just about um, been. Uh, the, they've kind of found a way to gel him back into the lineup. I I never had a concern with that. I didn't think it'd take too long. Um, but uh, I mean that certainly helps getting Clay back for sure. Um, I yeah I I think they could certainly win the West. Um, but uh, they're they're on a good track. I think so. And I think a team like the Warriors, the the advantage that they have over the Suns, if those teams were to end up meeting in the in the conference finals or wherever it would be in the playoffs, they have that experience. You know, they've been in those situations before. And I know the Suns were just in the finals, but it's a little bit still more new to them than it has the Warriors. Uh, them getting back to that level of play that they were back when they were kind of running the NBA, 
that's going to come in handy, I think. They're going to be like, yeah, we've been in this position before. Yeah, we know what to do. Especially if you can get, you know, if you have Steph, Clay, and Draymond all playing again, right. then, like, that's going to be something so that like a lot the, of teams... The core of your 2015 championship, so that you, they've right. won before. They Yeah. So I think that, you know, I, and, and I think they have a really, a lot of good pieces, especially we've seen Jonathan Kuminga come on really well recently. Before the season, we thought that that we would see Moses Moody a little bit more and that Kuminga eventually down the stretch would get more assimilated and would get more playing time. But, I mean, we said we said Moody would be more ready now, but Kuminga has the higher ceiling. Uh, but he's contributing right now, and he's been playing some really good basketball over the last couple of weeks. Um, and they have another all-star starter in Andrew Wiggins. Yes, they do. Andrew Wiggins, who has just been playing some pretty good basketball, but just good basketball, not all-star level basketball. <laughs> And then Minnesota is sitting at 24 and 24. I think a lot of us didn't really expect them to be anything kind of more uh, towards the bottom of the Western Conference again, but they are currently sitting in the eight seed. They're a, they're a half a game in front of the Lakers who are in nine seed currently. And that has to do a lot with Anthony Edwards making a second year jump. Carl Anthony Towns playing really, really well. I really like Chris Finch as a coach. Um, do you guys think that if they make one more move, maybe acquire someone like like a Jeremy Grant type of player that they can maybe make a push and maybe kind of secure themselves in that playoff hunt? Yeah, except I don't know what they give up. They got a couple things, you know, like J- like Jalen McDaniels, Jalen Noel. I mean, you know, on the surface they don't seem like super appealing names, but them they have draft picks and things like that too. But those guys have been playing good basketball too. Hey man, Jalen Noel's been good. <laughs> I wouldn't trade Jeremy Grant for him. Well, you include you would you include him in that trade, right? Like you would it would just be a piece of it. It'd be a couple pieces. Yeah. Yeah. But um I think it's impressive what Minnesota's done. People thought they'd be bottom feeder again and they'd like really tear it down. Um I don't think that that'll happen, but I do think Cat gets traded this off season. Hmm. Um I see him going to Phoenix. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sign and trade maybe with Aiton yeah. headed to Minnesota. I, I think Aiton Aiton's a top target for Detroit apparently. Yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. Troy Weaver really wants him, so that'd be fun. But um yeah, I think Cat's not really a long term piece in Minnesota, I think. Interesting. They've kind of found that Anthony Edwards is their guy. They should make him their guy. That dude can score from anywhere and when you can do that He's a superstar too. Yeah. I mean his Obviously, his, like, all-around game is pretty limited, but this scoring just talent is absurd. That's where it to starts. To say the least. Yeah, that's where it starts. He had 27-6-6 six, and six the other night against, against Yeah, Golden he had that State. one game earlier this week where he scored 40. 40. Right? Yeah. And no assists. It. No assists and no rebounds. That's the beautiful <laughs> game. Yeah, he just scored. It was pretty <laughs> cool. It is funny. Um, that's interesting. You, you know, you wouldn't say that Carl Anthony Towns is is part of the future or part of the the core that, you know, they they add another piece and they could be up there in the in the Western Conference again. That's kind of, I mean, how old is Carl Anthony Towns? What, like twenty six? Yeah, he's relatively young. I just don't think I don't like. I can't see him. Yeah, he's twenty six. I just can't see it working like that, honestly. That's interesting. I feel like you know they would try to they would try to offer him a contract or something to keep him keep him around there. Yeah, but I mean, hey, I if you can get some incredible haul for him, totally they could get. Okay, let's dissect this. They could get okay. Jalen Smith. Okay, obviously he's yeah. not Jalen Smith, Mikael Bridges. Oh, Cam Johnson. Wow, and like a first. You don't think that you don't think that Phoenix would want to keep one of Cam Johnson or 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 uh, or Michael Bridges? They'd probably want to keep one if they they need a wing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just I think, think the timeline is like perfect. Like you build around Car- Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns, and you're starting to push for the playoffs. You know? Yeah. But if they want to, but if they get some ridiculous offer, I c- I could see that being the case. Because there have been trade rumors in the past, but it mostly stemmed from the fact that like the Warriors or the 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 Timberwolves weren't winning. 
Yeah, this is true. But and now, now they're, they're but now they're almost there. They're so there, I'm thinking if right they there. meet, they are almost they there. Ex- they have a very much so exceeded expectations, and that probably helps them um, in the long run for sure. Yeah. But I just I think that cat Booker connection wants to happen in the NBA, and rightfully so. It'd be fun. That's true. That's true. You'd think it would come with uh, with D'Angelo Russell. He's been playing pretty well this year too. Yeah. But yeah. I guess not. Um, so I think, th- I think the Timberwolves are right there and I think that that could be something in the future. So oh, totally, we are, if they keep that core together. I don't disagree. Yeah, definitely. So we are right in the thick of trade season, smoke and mirrors, you know, rumors all over the place. Uh, the February 10th is the trade deadline this year. Some of the hottest names that we have seen in trade rumors so far, Jeremy Grant, of course, Ben Simmons. John Collins, I've seen Karis LeVert uh, now and then. So of those guys, Aiden, I'll ask you this question. How many of those guys do you think gets get moved? Well, I think, um, I think Atlanta keeps John Collins. Um, I do think Jeremy Grant's going to get dealt. Um, I just, I think it's, it's been in the conversation for too long. Um, from mm-hmm. last year and this year, and it's, I think it's time. Um, I really can't tell with Ben Simmons because it just feels like nothing's ever going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So, I don't know. Um, if I if I had to um, bet on it, I'd say Simmons does get traded. Um, but there's this, it, it, you don't you don't know what. They're gonna get for him. Um, they're they're asking for way too much, and I just I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't what's gonna happen. I, I I totally agree. I don't get where Daryl Morey thinks that he can command that much for Ben Simmons and like get away with it's it. Ridiculous. We it's, all saw what he just did. It's yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, what he thinks he can, uh, like get, and, um. The hypothetical Pistons package also that was out there is, like, people really, like, spent hours debating it on Twitter mm-hmm. when a simple internet search tells you the Pistons don't have a first-round pick, control of that first-round pick until 2026. Mm. Because it's Houston's oh, until yeah. we're out of the lottery. Okay. So, as... I, I think it was like it's Ben Simmons is not a realistic target for the Pistons as no. much as signs may indicate. Um I do think Jeremy Grant's gone. I think Ben Simmons doesn't get moved just because of Dale Murray's stubbornness, which I think is gonna cost him his job this off season. Um hmm. I I just don't like I don't get it. He was brought in to help elevate that team. Him and Doc Rivers were both brought in to help elevate that team, and they just have been stuck now, and it's all because of Ben Simmons, and you're letting one player dictate the direction of your franchise Yeah, when he's not even on the court, when you have a top 10 player in the NBA who can actually dictate yes. the direction of your franchise. It's almost like they should settle for anything at this point. Yeah, like, get realistically, the get the best offer you think you've gotten so far. Call them back and say, hey, we'll do it right now. Yeah, like, you're not, you're not getting... That's all you need. You're not getting, like, James Harden or Damian Lillard no. for Ben Simmons at this point. The James Harden reports are so stupid. Yeah, they're a little yeah, Oh, my little God. Ridiculous. He forced his way out of Houston for that package. Yeah. Just to leave this offseason for would... what? I would doubt it. It doesn't... None of it's going to matter if they win a ring this off this come this June. Yeah, they don't care. Harden will forget everything that he supposedly thought about leaving right. if they win that title. Right. And come June, I expect Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and James Harden to all be playing, which means they should line up to win that title. Yeah, I don't think if, if they're healthy, I don't think there's anybody standing in their way. Yeah. But yeah. Um, my thing about Jeremy Grant is I think that he's a pretty good trade piece. It's just the fact that he wants to be featured as like the main offensive option and there's not a lot of teams that he's going to be able to do that on that's kind of why he signed with detroit in the first place yeah um but if he can kind of slide into more of a secondary role i think he helps a team 
like be able to make a run in the playoffs. I mean, that's that's what made him his money when he was in Denver is was he was coming off the bench and he was he was putting up those numbers in more of a secondary role. Uh, so if he if he can buy into that, I think he's a much more attractive trade piece. But I think that's what's turning him off of of being traded and also the money that he's going to command as well, the extension that he's going to want. Um, I would I see why teams are hesitant. I know Atlanta was one of those teams that was that was thinking about Jeremy Grant, but then they decided not to as well. They I were also Cam Reddish so bad. You wanted him? Oh, so bad. Well, Cam apparently, well, apparently, so well, apparently the Knicks wanted him, and now they're still giving him DMPs. So that's terrible. And you Atlanta got a first round pick out of it. He shouldn't be at the bottom of the bench there. No, it's no, he's playing behind Alec Burks. It's so sad. It's R.J. Barrett's best friend. He'd be man. starting. I know. Here for sure. I know. Um, and Atlanta also moved off of Ben Simmons when they wanted to include Tobias Harris. They asked for John Collins and Bogdan in a first, and they said no to that. Collins, I also don't think it's moved, even though Atlanta's been taking calls about him. Lavert is an interesting one because it's just another one of those examples of 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 a front office is just asking for way too much. Like you have to be a little bit more realistic about who you have here. Like yeah, Karis Lavert can fill it up. He can score for sure. Um, is he worth? Is he worth two firsts at least two firsts? And I think they said a young player too. Who do you think this is? This isn't Kevin Durant. I don't know. Um, and then if there's a name out there, you know that you you haven't seen. Like, who do you think that would be that could get moved? I've seen I've seen Christian Wood, and that wouldn't shock me a lot. Um, I'd be interested to see where he would go, but you know, I think it's not entirely unpredictable that he could get moved. I could see Jalen Brown getting moved as well because Ooh. I think that he's got one or two years left on that contract of his, and Boston has just been so disappointing, and they have just done such a disservice to him and Jason Tatum of just not putting a very good Good team around them. Disservice. Absolutely. Disservice, I think is a little bit nice, but that team is a a joke to me. So I don't know. Um, Is there anybody you think might get moved that we haven't heard of? I've seen De'Aaron Fox. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd be interested to see the outcome of that one, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I know we've touched on the major ones. Yeah, I think De'Aaron Fox would be a very interesting piece to see get moved at the trade deadline. Um, just because of where he ends up, he's got a lot of destinations where he could work out because he's mm-hmm. just such a talented player. But um, Philadelphia. Yeah, I was just thinking that, that. could have been Philly. good. God, why wouldn't Sacramento? Is, do you think that would be like a Philadelphia thing that Daryl Morey is like saying De'Aaron Fox isn't thing, good but enough? Also, be just it doesn't make. I think it makes like zero sense for Sacramento to do. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, if you have, you already have Tyrese Halliburton. Like the facilitating. one team I want to see take on Ben Simmons is like San Antonio. That see, that is something that Just could because actually. Because I want to see what Pop can do. Pop could do something. That's with it. Ben That's totally nobody the else is gonna I be. Want. Nobody else is gonna. That's like the. Do he needs like a coach. Yeah. I'm not no knock to Doc Rivers, but right. he needs a developmental coach. Doc Rivers is a. He's we're not in a position big... to win in a cha- we're yeah. in a position to win a championship. Let's see if we can do it with you. Yeah. He's not going to develop them. And that's something Pop can do and I think it'd be interesting, but yeah. I don't know if he's willing to take on such a project with him being Doc's... so late stage. Doc said he's a basketball coach, not a babysitter. Yeah. I think he has mentioned something along that point too. He's like I'm not dealing with this. I'm, yeah. I'm coaching a game. I don't care about yeah. this. So yeah. I think the trade deadline's actually going to be pretty fun this year. I think, you know, the last couple of years it's been a little bit, a little bit quiet when it comes around. But this year, I think we could see some interesting names get moved, and I bet we could see maybe one big shocker. I, I don't, you know, I don't know anything. I'm speculating, but it could be fun. All right. So before we get out of here, uh, we got a couple primetime games tonight. We have first at 7:30 on ESPN. The Lakers are in Charlotte to play the Hornets. Uh, Charlotte is an eight-point favorite. Aiden, who do you got in this one? Uh, do we know if, if Brown's playing? It looks like he is going to be back for this one. I'll check, though. Um, I, I got Charlotte. Um, I, I, Charlotte's kind of, uh, on a groove right now, and, um, I think they're going to keep up, and I think they're going to take advantage of a 
the Lakers team that just isn't quite figuring it out. Lee, yeah, what about you? um, I agree. I'm. I was a big fan of Charlotte going into the season. Um, I thought they would be a four or five seed, and um, I thought James Borrego was a, is a really good coach. He's a very underrated coach as well. Um, I think that he's doing a good job with Melo. A very good job with Melo. Um, not a fan of, you know, the take that he's not, that he's limiting Melo. Yeah. I'll, I'll use those words. <laughs> um, he's done a good job, and I think that they just continue rolling. Charlotte's look really good. That 158-point game oh my gosh. in regulation yeah. is ridiculous. Um, Miles Bridges, like we said at the beginning of the year, if he just imp- expanded is what he needed to do. Just expanded what he did last year. Make it bigger, make it better. He's do done it over that. a whole season again, and he's doing exactly that. And it's been really impressive to see, and they're hanging around. They're, two and a half, they're four and a half games out of first. And two and a half games back of four or five. So they're right there. Um, I just think they get the win tonight, too. I think so, Keep too. Keep going. Yep. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with you guys. I think Charlotte wins. I think they've been rolling right now, uh, especially with that 158-point game. Yeah. I checked that score, and it was 140. They had 148 with, like, five minutes left. I was like, what? Yeah. My gosh, and it was Kelly Oubre who had like ten threes, which was pretty nuts. I I, I don't oh, know. That's if, right, Kelly Oubre. Yes, if they he if, did go like what ten for fifteen? Yeah, something. Yeah, it was something like that. It was I've never seen that, and that was like the biggest knock on Kelly Oubre when he came out of the draft. They couldn't shoot. Couldn't shoot. Didn't have a jumper. There you go, Kelly Oubre. Got it. <laughs> there it is. Bang. Uh, yeah, I think if LeBron doesn't play, I'll take Charlotte and the points. But if he does play, I think that it'll be more of a closer game that could be like four or five more so than than eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but I still think I think I think the Hornets are gonna win. And then this one's kind of interesting because it's a ten o'clock tip: the Bucks and Knicks. Which is, I know it's a it's a nine that's... I know it's a nine o'clock tip in in Milwaukee because it's Central Time, but that's still pretty late for for a game in the East. Yeah. Totally. Um. Very weird that it's then, but Milwaukee's look pretty good this year. I mean, can't really say anything bad about it. When everybody's healthy, they've been. Yeah, yeah. I thought the Knicks would be down, and they've been down-ish. Um, rotations are weird. I like the reddish move. I really like the reddish move. If he ever would play, you know? <laughs> but then he doesn't play. Like, Tibbs, they've made a pretty, I mean, not a pretty decent investment, but, like, they moved... <laughs> A first rounder for him. They thought that he could start. Apparently, I guess starting position value, and he's just not. It's weird. Um, and they're right there too. They're eight and a half games out of first, so they're probably cut and dry from that. But they can make a run for a play-in spot. They're half a game out. They just need to figure it out. And I think part of figuring it out means you need to give Reddish more time. Because him and RJ can only complement each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Aiden, what do you think for this one? Milwaukee's a nine-point favorite. Yeah, give me Milwaukee and give me them to cover, too, because I, I think they're just going to – I think they're going to blow them out, honestly. I, um, you know, they, they're they halted by their three-game win streak by the Cavs the other night. Um, and I think they're going to be looking to get back on track. Um Knicks just, I, I don't think they don't really got it this year. Uh, just unfortunate to see, uh, considering last year. Yeah, I'm taking I'm taking the Bucks as well and the points as well. Um, I also agree that the the Knicks just haven't been very good at all, uh, and surprisingly, it's been a defensive thing. They they can't defend very well at all, you know, and that's Shock. kind of been Thibodeau's thing. And they that's what they were so good at last year is they were such a a good team at, at stopping guys from, from scoring, uh, and they just haven't been able to do that this year. Milwaukee has almost everybody healthy that they can get as of right now. I think Brooke Lopez is still working his way back, but Middleton, Holiday, and Giannis should all be playing today, and for that reason, I mean, the Knicks just kind of lost to the Heat pretty bad, and uh, I just expect that to happen again. I think the Bucks will 
yeah. handle business as they, they also try to build, yeah, and build their way back up uh, after a slow start to the season. So we're going to get out of here now. Appreciate everybody for tuning in and listening. Uh, everybody watch some good basketball this week and or this weekend that is and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Courtside Convo, a production of Impact 89 FM. Our thanks to Impact's general manager, Jeremy Whiting, station manager, Amber Kinutsky, and programming director, McKenna Lowndes. Tune in next time for more updates on NBA basketball 